Rarely wrong, but always right. Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. It's me, Sam Rajofsky. Welcome to the program. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Happy Monday, friends. You know, a lot over the weekend, in fact, I would say now for several weeks, is being made of the midterm elections. Where are they headed? Conventional wisdom, right, if you go back a little longer, has been unequivocally that the GOP will take the House and probably the Senate. And now you're seeing a slew of stories that seem to show that that is not as certain of an outcome. Now, I think I want to remind you uh, that a lot of what you're seeing here, these stories, are not necessarily based in fact Yes, there are some polls that I admit look worrisome. This always happens before a major election where the left is about to get their A money monies handed to them. I was trying to find a nice way of saying that, but that's the gist of it. Whenever you have a threat to the political establishment, particularly if it is the side favored by the mainstream media, As you get close, as you get within that, call it 70 days, 80 days, 90 days mark, and we're, I think, what is about 75 days away from the election today, you start to see uh, stories that I think are intended to dishearten us, that are intended to make those of us who are hoping for meaningful change in that election to feel disheartened, to feel perhaps a little bit put out by the news, right? I think, well, I'm not going to, should I use it, the word? (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) Voter suppression? (laughs) That's that's what the other side says. You know, whenever anything happens that uh, doesn't go their way, it's vote suppression. So, but but seriously speaking, you can go back years. This is a decades-long phenomena, so I'm not making this up as I go along. It is a fact. The media gets in and starts to say, ah, the the Republicans don't have a chance. It's tightening up. And all, of course, in the hopes of making us believe that we probably shouldn't get our hopes up. And maybe you shouldn't go out and vote. Maybe don't worry because it's already a lost, done deal. Now, I don't think that's the case. But I do think and I mentioned this last week, I do think that we as a party and as a movement, we have a problem. And the problem is, is that we are so focused right now in the moment on camps, on people. Is it Trump? Is it not Trump? Is it DeSantis? Is it not DeSantis? Who's the party made of? Who are these stalwart leaders? charged with seeing us through, if elected the next two years in opposition to some of these insane things being perpetrated upon this country by the White House. So I, I, I mean, these are, you know, we're stuck on that, but what, what I think we're missing in this entire political cycle, as best as I can tell, is a coherent statement on principles, is a uh, 
I, not not a reckoning. A, 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 I've mentioned it last week. Right? I talked about the 1994 contract with America and what Newt Gingrich did in that election and why Republicans, I'm convinced, won in a landslide. It wasn't enough that people didn't like Clinton. It wasn't it wasn't enough that people had a certain amount of buyer's remorse that a lot of moderates, independents, suddenly were looking at the stuff being pushed by the Clinton administration. Said, well, wait a minute, that is not what we wanted. We didn't want that George H.W. Bush guy, but we really did not vote for Hillary Clinton and all of her schemes. So, you know, the, 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 but that wasn't enough. The, what, what had to happen in that election was someone on the Republican side saying, look, this is who we are. This is the Republican Party. This is what we stand for. And this is what we, if elected, will deliver. And the party right now, make no mistake about it, all this stuff that is happening with Trump is intended, is focused, and has been delivered at this time to destabilize progress in the midterms for Republicans. He's certainly creating an enormous amount of internal discord. Now, stepping away for a moment from Trump as the leader of the party, which he no doubt is, who are we as Republicans? Who are we as conservatives? What do we have to offer this country that the country desperately needs? And uh, by the way, this is this ought to be very easy to articulate. It blows my mind that people like Kevin McCarthy cannot string together a coherent sentence on this in all of their campaigning. It's always hanging at the Democrats this and the Democrats that. It ought to be real simple. We are the movement of patriotism. We love this country with every fiber of our being. Our desire for political change within this country is only to make her greater. We want to deregulate. We believe in the power and independence of individuals. Put another way, we trust the people. We have respect, and not just for this country, but not just even for individuals, but we have respect for tradition. We have respect for the military. We have respect for our elders. We have a respect for life. We have a respect for property. We look at what's going on in this world. We look at these, these woke socialists, these gender terrorists, all this stuff that is being pushed in our schools, corporate America, training programs within our military. We don't want any of this. We want to respect all people regardless of who they might be, what color they are, what, who they want to sleep with or be or whatever. We're all the same. We go back to our early education when we weren't taught all this gobbledygook. We were just told, hey, listen, Martin Luther King had a dream where he was hoping for a society where we would all be judged on the contents of our character and nothing else. We like that. That is who we are. 
as conservatives. We as conservatives understand that our family, our core nuclear family, can do more for our kids than any teacher, than any after-school program, than any municipality, state, or federal government. In fact, we don't need the state the way they tell us that we need the state. Going back to what I said at the very beginning of this, we are independent men and women. We are fathers, mothers, grandparents, aunts and uncles. We support each other. We help one another. We believe in decency, in responsibility, and in honor. The message of what conservatism is, my friends, is so crystal clear to me that it boggles my mind that none of these nincompoops right now that are in government are able to articulate any of this. And this is why, if they lose, this is the reason. You can't just get up and say the other guy is bad. That's what they do. They just get up and say, you know, Trump is a horrible, terrible human. Okay, got it. All right, Trump is horrible. I get it. Okay. Now what? What's your next argument? Because when you do actually listen to what kind of society they want on the other side, it's horrifying. But they're making the argument. They're making the case. They're appealing to their voters and explaining to them what it's all about. I hope I'll get to this, but there was a New York Democrat uh, who just got elected, uh, a state senator, okay, Kristen Gonzalez, socialist, self-proclaimed socialist. Here's what she wants. Free health care, aggressive action on climate, building a green New York. You can fill in the name of any state. You can fill, these people exist here in Nevada. They're in California. They're in Idaho believe it or not, in Texas, canceling student debt. We need to tax the rich to finally invest in public housing, build hundreds of thousands of new affordable and green homes to solve the housing crisis. These are people who do not understand fundamental economics. But it is not enough for us to just point to what they are saying about their platforms and say, that's crazy. We have to explain what we stand for because at its fundamental core, a message of freedom, a message of independence, a message of patriotism, of family, of respect is fundamentally uplifting. And it's, well, I think it's catchy. It's always been catchy because it rings true. These are the bedrock principles upon which this country was founded and by which this country became great. We went from nothing in this land to something. And believe me, friends, if we don't get a grip, we'll go from something right back to nothing, lickety split. Make no mistake about it. 
I gotta take a quick break. Lindsey Graham, goddess, he's stepped his foot into the fire. Explain what that's all about with his comments regarding Trump and the seizures of documents at Mar-a-Lago and the ongoing investigation and possibility of indictment. So I'll get into that. And I'll play some clips from this gal in New York. This is terrifying stuff, friends. They, there are people out there who are absolutely bananas. And we need to fight it. And I've just told you how. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings. Welcome back. A proud Nevadan convert, the king of common sense, Sam Rajofsky here. Uh, look, friends. Uh, yeah, look, the, the, I understand. You're probably wondering, why am I talking about a race in New York? Yeah, the stuff is happening all over the country. This Kristen Gonzalez, who's a tech worker, used to work inside the Senate office of Chuck Schumer. Now, Chuck Schumer I, <laughs> certainly has given us a lot of crazy laws and policies, but the new batch of Democrats that are coming our way and are gaining steam are nothing short of frightening. Here is her, Ms. Gonzalez, uh, giving some comments after her victory in the primary. I know we're saving the speeches for a little later, but today we really prove that socialism wins. <laughs> We are not going anywhere, and we will not stop until we see a socialist slate across the city. I'm telling you, it is not just about some fairness, some equality, some, you know, helping people out. What they want to do will absolutely bankrupt this country. And how do I know that? Well, everywhere it's been tried has been sunk into pits of, of despair and poverty. Absolutely tragic. All right, Lindsey Graham is being called vile, this by the Washington Post, over his comments that, well, there's going to be riots if Trump is indicted. Now, uh, look, look, here are his actual uh, remarks. I want to just play it within the context of what it is that he said. Uh, so this was uh, Lindsey Graham. He was speaking uh, Sunday night on Fox News, uh, discussing what would happen next if the actually if the DOJ, in fact, did indict Donald J. Trump. Most Republicans, including me, believes when it comes to Trump, uh, there is no law. It's all about getting him. There's a double standard when it comes to Trump. What happened with Hunter Biden is that the FBI weighed in to make sure a story didn't break for the 2020 election. We now have whistleblowers at the FBI telling Senator Grassley that they were told to slow down and back off Hunter Biden. And I'll say this, if there's a prosecution of Donald Trump for mishandling classified information 
after the Clinton debacle, which you presided over and did a hell of a good job, there'll be riots in the streets. And the response, of course, from the left, led by the Washington Post and others, is that this is vile. These comments are beyond acceptable in this discourse. He's being called a Trump propagandist. I have a few comments about this, which, of course, I think many of you will agree with deeply. Number one, he's talking about Hunter Biden. Forget Hunter. That's the story du jour. We are forgetting that Hillary Clinton was fundamentally accused, got caught red-handed, doing exactly the same thing that now Trump is alleged to have committed. Only difference, of course, being that Hillary Clinton wasn't president. She was secretary of state, so she had no unilateral ability to declassify classified information. And if you remember, in her case, she didn't move de- you know, classified info into a basement somewhere. The allegation was that she moved classified information to a server that she had in her house and later destroyed evidence of that server using her IT guy, in some cases actually literally smashing the hard drives on her computer. And remember this, do never forget Comey, then FBI director, saying this right in front of the election about Hillary and his reasons not to prosecute. Although there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information, our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. Prosecutors necessarily weigh a number of factors before deciding whether to bring charges. There are obvious considerations like the strength of the evidence, especially regarding intent. Responsible decisions also consider the context of a person's actions and how similar situations have been handled in the past. In looking back at our investigations into the mishandling or removal of classified information, we cannot find a case that would support bringing criminal charges on these facts. Yeah, right. When uh, Lindsey Graham says that there are two sets of rules in this country, laws in this country, that there's a double standard when it comes to Trump, this is exactly what he's talking about. He's bringing up Hunter because, again, that's the story that everybody's locked in on right now. A lot of people are talking about it. But, but really, you don't have to go that far back to go to 2016 and Hillary. And the failure of the FBI to if the Justice Department of indicting her. If they indict Trump here, yeah, people are going to be livid. Riots in the street. And that brings me to the second point, of course, in all of this. You know, we have been told for several years, as our businesses, our communities, neighborhoods were being burned by violent BLM protesters. That that was a legitimate movement in a quest for justice. We were spoken down to, weren't we? It's just a business. How dare you worry about your store when people of color are being murdered by the police day in and day out? We were lectured to, demeaned, and victimized. And now, Graham 
defending his comment, I don't have the particular thoughts on it, other than to say he gets out there and says, yeah, people are going to be really furious. You let Hillary Clinton off, you let Hunter Biden off. You have two sets of rules in this country. And all of a sudden the left is going, oh my gosh, how can you be encouraging rights? Ah. So funny. It's actually strangely ironic. I got to go. Quick break here. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Welcome back. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, coming to you loud and clear from beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Those of you listening out of town and out of state, welcome as well uh, to the hottest place on earth. Kidding. It's not the hottest place on earth, but uh, it feels like it this week. The last hurrah of summer is how I explain uh, this, uh, this phenomenon that always happens around Labor Day here. To the uh, to those of the faint who are faint of heart, ah, <laughs> uh, I know a number of transplants to Nevada, Southern Nevada, who around this time of year start to really, really, really get hot and miserable. And I say, hey, don't worry, fall's coming. It's going to be beautiful. Now with fall, of course, we know it's back to school and everything. Three weeks now, kids been in education, uh, not so fast. Clark County School District last week says chronic absenteeism rate is close to chronic absenteeism. What do you think it's close to? 10 percent, 12, 7. Try 40 percent. On Thursday, the school district gave an update. Uh, efforts to address the issue of students who are chronically missing class. The state defines chronic absenteeism as students who are absent for 10% of or more of their enrolled days. Now, it had me thinking, uh, look, this district, right, and I've told you all my thoughts about it, but this is still an issue of COVID. And I'm telling you, when I see articles like, well, the ones you've seen, you know, Jamie Dimon over at J.P. Morgan. He's the CEO who's maybe one of the loudest uh, proponents for getting workers back into the office. You know, the, the worst thing that came from COVID is this myth that you can do it from home. Education, and I say this as a father of kids who did remote learning, was absolutely worthless when it was remote. And I'm t again, it was worthless for my kids who have a quiet place to study, who live in, are fortunate enough to live in a nice home that has internet, air conditioning, heat, a stay-at-home mom, I've just named a lot of things that a lot of people do not have. 
And I think that this issue here, this chronic absenteeism actually ties into, goes hand in hand with all these workers who are refusing uh, to come back to the, to the office. And, and you're reading more and more stories. And a lot of the liberal media, they talk about this as a, as a great struggle for justice. Oh, where these young workers are really taking their fight to employers. And this is, you know, this is going to be a showdown between the old way of doing things and the new way of doing things. I'm telling you, there are a lot of smart people, friends, who have, you know, built a business or two, who know how to make money, who will all tell you that the idea, the concept of work from home is idiotic. So what am I supposed to do as a business owner? I am supposed to hire a brand new person with no work experience, straight out of college, wet behind the ears, literally no idea what they're doing. And I need to, what, I've well, I got to create culture, right? It's very important in the company. I have to train, develop. You have to mentor, get that person up and up and rolling. By the way, the, the kids, I'm going to say kids, right? They're 22, 23. They are coming out of college. They don't know anything. They have no idea. There are some people that are coming, a lot of people that are coming out of college that have never had a job, never had a part-time job, maybe except for some seasonal babysitting. They've just gone from, from elementary school to middle school to high school to college, and now they find their way to my office. And I have to train them. I have to teach them how to do legal work or how to do marketing or how to do, you know, I, I have to teach them things. I can't do that through a computer screen. It doesn't work. It has nothing to do with controlling people. It has nothing to do with, you know, with keeping an eye on them, making them miserable and sit in a, you know, in a, in an office. It has everything to do with having them together surrounded by people who've done what they've what they're learning to do for them to overhear phone calls see meetings experience stuff that you cannot simply put together through zoom or microsoft teams it's just not possible and the same is true for education there's something to be said about learning how to sit down in a chair for a period of time show some respect to the teacher interact with the adult and with your fellow peers, learn how to solve problems. If you're a student at Clark County School District, dodge bullets and flying books and backpacks and other stuff through the air. Kidding, not everywhere, but uh, yeah, in a number of schools. Anyway, it's all part of the same thing. Yeah, the kids don't wanna come back from it. They got a taste of being totally lazy and let off the hook. And Clark County schools now are going, well, we've got a 40% chronic absenteeism rate. Well, maybe if you didn't make it so gosh damn easy for every single kid to just get, to just level up year to year, to no accountability, almost no accountability, the minimum F, auto pass, COVID, work, you know, study from home, and a lot of employees, same thing. So you've got the kids who got used to it. you got the parents that got used to being at home. Everybody got used to it. And now we have a faltering economy. And guess what? It's time to pay the piper. We got to get on this.
this is very important. And uh, I hope this gets solved here locally. It's a big story. I know a lot of, a lot of cities are, are, are struggling with this. Now, there was a great exchange I need to tell you about. Just on Friday night, real time on HBO, Bill Maher, whom, of course, you know, at one point he was a rabid left winger. But Maher has something interesting going for him, and that's intelligence and integrity. So while I still disagree with most of what Bill Maher has to say, he's one of the few people on the left who actually, from time to time, says, wait a minute, this stuff is insane. So he had a great exchange with a guy named Rob Reiner. You know Rob Reiner. He's a Hollywood guy. He's very active on Twitter. 99.9% of what Rob Reiner writes and says is absolutely insane. He's, he's mental. Uh, he, 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 yeah, there's some kind of, he got bitten by some kind of a, a, a left-wing dog at some point, and he's got, he's got to develop some kind of rabies. So anyway, he, they start to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop. And I'm telling you, this exchange here, this, if you haven't heard this, you do not want to miss it. Because this is the type of exchange that we all have with, some, with our friends, family members, people who just don't get it. And, and Mar, Bill Maher is sitting there going, well, wait, wait, wait a minute, what, what, what are we, you're, what, where are you coming from on this? Because they've already admitted to the very thing you're denying. So I, I have to take a quick break, but I want, I'm telling you folks, you don't want to miss this. And of course, Amy Klobuchar, a Democratic Senator from Minnesota, who was one time presidential candidate uh, in 2020, she chimes in on this. Her response, her plug into this is absolutely fabulous. Don't go anywhere. Sam Rajovsky, what's right? Be back in just a moment. Live from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, Sam Rajovsky here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Friends, Rob Reiner went on Bill Maher. Big mistake. Uh, because a, what you have here in this exchange that I will play for you in a moment is a clash between a thinking Democrat and an unthinking one. So the setup is they're beginning to talk about the suppression by the media of the news story related to the Biden laptop. You remember during the 2020 election, it was basically the Post was the only publication that ran with the story big tech social media they quashed it we've discussed that and then recently you know people are starting to come out of the woodwork and say the quiet part out loud and we've discussed this as well you know they're going well you know yeah but it was worth it because trump was so bad that we had to do just about anything to prevent him from becoming president here's rob reiner arguing uh, with Bill Maher. The question is, was, was it press? appropriate to bury the Hunter Biden? You're talking about the press doing the, that? He's saying that's what they did, and that is what they did. They buried the Hunter Biden story before the election because they were like, we can't risk having the election thrown to Trump. We'll tell them after the election. Well, and, and we know for a fact that that's what they did? Of course. You no, don't but follow I mean, this. Saying you you gotta... know for a fact that that's what they did? I don't know what they did. I know, because you only watch MSNBC. No, that's not true. <laughs> 
That's not true. <laughs> well, then you would know about this. I do know about that. Well, you're acting I like do, you I know. Do, I do know about that, and I do watch Fox. But the point is, uh, you, you, we're going to prove now that, they, that, they, that the, the press uh, play, you know, tried to... They're admitting it. They're, the press is a, admitting it. Yes, that's not even an issue anymore. <laughs> They're saying, yes, we basically did this because we didn't want this to throw the election. <laughs> yes. They did it. We didn't want them. The press didn't want to throw the election. They've admitted it, and they said the reason is because Trump really needed to be stopped. So at this point, the other guest on the panel is Senator Klobuchar. Uh, Amy Klobuchar was one time uh, candidate for president in the 2020 cycle. So Klobuchar chimes in saying, well, you know, and then she literally says the reasoning. She doesn't even get the point that Moore is trying to make. She actually gets at, but you know what, Trump is really bad. Listen to this. I don't know that they've all said this, and I, I believe I, I, I believe. Well, the New York Times definitely did. My dad was a reporter. I believe in it. And I think you have, to, you have to make sure that you're treating people fairly. But I think Rob's point here is that we are dealing um, with a man who used to be the president right now who literally tried to lead an armed insurrection. And that's why we're so focused on this right now. Whoa, there it is. It, you know what? None of this matters. Freedom, it doesn't matter. Democratic process, it doesn't matter. Dealing with news stories fairly doesn't matter because Trump is so bad that he doesn't deserve us playing by the rules. This is profoundly dangerous. By the way, my answer to Klobuchar, of course, would be fine. It's terrible. He led an armed revolt to the Capitol, which is total nonsense, but let's just go with it, shall we? I'm pretty sure they killed the story way before that, right? This came out in early summer of 20. January 6th occurred in 21. I mean, just, they're, they're so bad at lying, they can't even keep their timeline straight. And the reason I'm bringing all this up is the big news over the weekend is, of course, that... Joe Biden held a fundraiser somewhere and said that MAGA Republicans are all semi-fascists. Now he was talking about you, he's talking about me, all of us that supported and support President Trump. We're awful, despicable people, semi-fascists. By the way, the, the comments were not recorded and they're also not denied. Here is the spokesperson for the White House uh, saying, yeah, this is this actually is deserved uh, and defining uh, what, uh, you know, MAGA Republicans have done. And you look at the definition of fascism and you think about uh, what they're doing in, in attacking our democracy, what they're doing in taking away uh, our freedoms, uh, taking away, wanting to take away our rights, our voting rights. I mean, that is what that is. It is very clear, and that's why he made that um, that um, that powerful speech uh, that you heard uh, oh. from him last night. And he has not shied <laughs> away from saying that. Powerful speech. Nothing uh, Joe Biden does is powerful, or is it vigorous? Okay, 
It got up there, probably croaked out a few, oh, MAGA, MAGA, ultra MAGA, fascist, okay? But do you not get the irony here? You have Klobuchar and Reiner and all, all these Democrats excited and crowing about the fact, you know what, it's, it's good. You know, it's good that it's good that we shut down. You know, New York Post, founded in 1801 by Alexander Hamilton, it's good that we shut them down trying to run a story about Hunter Biden being a corrupt crook in the pocket of the Chinese, funneling money to his dad. It's good we shut down that story because we wanted our candidate to win. I don't know if that doesn't sound like real fascism to you. I, Go back to school. I don't know what to tell you. You want real fascism, not semi-fascism? I'll tell you what that is. So look at COVID. Look at what it was like living in California, living even in Nevada with our lock it all down and maintain as much power, Governor Sisolak, comparing that with life in a place like Florida. It's funny. These people are the real fascists, and they're admitting it on air. They're talking about it openly. These are the real conspirators. These are the people that actually worked to subvert democracy. And then some guys on our side got mad and stormed the Capitol and caused damage and did things that were fundamentally wrong, you're not going to find safe harbor for it here on this program. And that is now more justification for them to continue engaging in these types of tactics. If you don't understand this, I, I, I can't help you. And th th that's part, by the way, the beauty of the whole exchange with Mar is Mar's just incredulous. I mean, here's an old Democrat, old leftist, talking to a couple of new fanatic Democrats. I'm not saying, look, Rob Reiner's been a Democrat forever, but he's really a fanatical guy. And he's like, whoa, you guys just don't get it. This is, we're in dangerous territory here. This is a bridge too far for me. So I, I look at this and I say, you know, uh, semi-fascist. These are big big, big words. And by the way, I think uh, absolutely uh, politically not the right thing to say. Um, what do I mean by that? One of the, uh, one of the most, one of the largest missteps, of course, that Hillary made is the, the deplorables comment. It is very dangerous for politicians to write off broad swaths of the American voting public. I think, you know, you can talk about extremists and all that, but if you really parse out the ultra-mega comments that Biden keeps making, now these new semi-fascist comments, he's really talking about, you know, 45% of the country? Now, he figures those people are not going to vote for him anyway, but somewhere in the flabby middle, the unaffiliated, you know, kind of wavering, independent, moderate voting class are people that voted for Trump, became disenchanted with 
I'll even say, look, I'll even use the word disgusted by Trump. And now are so appalled by what Biden is doing in office that they regret not voting for Trump a second time. You know these people exist. By the way, you might be one of them. And in that event, welcome back. We missed you. <laughs> really could have used your help in 20, but we get it. We understand. But to these people, to you, to many, to many of us, we have the president calling us semi-fascists. And at the same time, we as conservatives believe in anything but that. All the things I listed off in my opening segment today of what it means to us to be conservatives. Nothing on there is even remotely related to fascism. Meanwhile, the people who want maximum state control over your life are the ones calling us fascists. The people that are shutting down free speech for safety reasons, because of feelings, shutting down news stories, looking to indict a leading political opponent. Yeah, that's real fascism. And it's time we called it out for what it is. All right, I got to run. Sam Rojofsky here. News Talk 840 KXNT.